Coast. Tim Weisberg here with you back in the spooky studio after a two-week hiatus. That's our new theme. It's, uh, it's Epistaxis like it. by Under like, the Question. I like it. I like it. And unlike our other theme songs, you can get this one from SoundCloud for free. For free. For freezy. Just go to SoundCloud.com and search for Under the Question. That's our buddy Dave Bly. That's, uh, he provided us with that music. So thank you for that. And uh, if you have any original music you would like to submit to the program, we would be more than happy to play it. You can just email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Uh, and why are we changing the theme song after eight years of playing the same th- theme song why are we changing the way that we do that well because we've got a plan uh, we're thinking about maybe releasing this program for public access television and in order to do that we need to not have all kinds of licensed music and also youtube has given us a lot of trouble too with the old music uh, people weren't able to access it on their portable devices and really what's the point of having spooky tv on your portable device if you can't access it i mean people want to go and watch our show in the bathroom <laughs> That's where they want to be. Right. They don't want to. They don't want to sit in front of a computer. They want to be able to go take a dump, yeah. watch Bookie TV. That's <laughs> how it goes. And uh, you know, Our we've listeners been... are on the go at all times. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's right. Uh, we, we like to think of ourselves as you know the golden throne of paranormal radio. So what better place to listen to it or watch it than on the golden throne? Uh, starting off, of course, on a very high class note. But uh, we've been teasing this all week. Uh, by the way, I'm Tim Weisberg. Matt Koss of The Silent Assassin is with me. Science advisor Matt Moniz out in the field tonight. He got called in for an emergency investigation. So he may check in with us a little bit later on. But we've been teasing all week that we have a new era dawning of Spooky South Coast. And we do because starting tonight, permanent guest co-host Stephanie Burke. Good evening, Stephanie. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm happy to have another voice here, and and you've been a friend of the program for a long, long time, and you did a great job last week hosting in my absence. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I know it seems like this kind of came together quickly, because I just kind of, but you know, we've been dancing around this for a while now. I'm an old... Oh, hey. (laughs) Glad to see I haven't (laughs) broken any old habits in this new era. But uh, Matt Koss and I have actually been discussing this for a while now. We've had the idea that we could bring you on and in some capacity at least involved and as i'm listening to last week's show it it dawns on me that you know that this is what we're missing we're missing uh another voice we're missing a female voice we're missing a different perspective than what we have because we're three sweaty gross guys and we don't always (laughs) see the feminine side of some of these stories and as i'm hearing you talk with andrew lake last week and there's all these uh things that you uh, different perspectives that you have that i wouldn't necessarily see and that i know matt and matt wouldn't necessarily see so i think it would be a more well-rounded show if you could be involved and and i don't know why but you said yes i did say yes for some strange reason i do enjoy hanging out with you guys at any chance i get go figure so i'm happy to be here happy to bring whatever i can to the table and i have fun Anytime I'm here, so. Well, also, I think the people watching on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com will be happy to not have to see our faces <laughs> for a change. Like, oh, look, we have somebody that we can look at that's not these three guys. Oh, boy. So, uh, and, and if you uh, are a fan of the show and you uh, have any thoughts on the changes, be sure to email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Uh, but be nice, because I'm going to add Stephanie to the email list. <laughs> so, yeah, be nice to me, guys. No, no, be nice to us. <laughs> Uh, be nice to us. Uh, don't be like, I, I got some emails this week. I think it's because we're now broadcasting on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Could be. Uh, we're getting a lot more interest from people. And we got some nasty emails no this way. week. We got some really nasty emails. I don't know if you saw them, Matt Costa. 
Um, I think I saw one. Yeah, one of them. Uh, one of them called called me out for a statement I made. Oh, really? Uh, when we were talking to Nicole Lahus a few weeks ago, when I said <laughs> we believe everything until proven otherwise, I'm like. Do you, do you not realize when we're being facetious, right, you know, right. when we're being tongue-in-cheek? Maybe a first-time listener. I'm thinking. It's, some people Hopefully. are so over-the-top about the topics that, you know, they don't have the sense of humor that we have about things. And, and we try to straddle that line. Uh, I've always said, if you don't take it seriously enough, nobody will respect you or believe you. And if you take it too seriously... Nobody will respect you or believe you. So you have to have that balance. We try to have some fun. And uh, naturally, of course, we want to have things proven to us. But sometimes it's okay to make fun of our our belief systems. And that's what I was doing there. And, you know, we have people calling out Moniz for things. We have people calling me out for things. I don't know how, Matt Costa, but you just get through this unscathed. Yeah. Nobody ever blames you. That's all right. Well, it can't blame everyone. That's right. He's like, I don't, I I try very hard not to do anything that people could blame me for. (laughs) So, uh, but uh, yeah, you can definitely email us, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com, or you can tweet us at spookysc and let us know what you think. This is going to be a little bit of an adjustment, I think, but we all work together well. So I think we're going to have no problem kind of keeping the conversation going. There'll probably be some talking over each other, uh, at least with you and I. But yeah, usually our conversations are typed. So it's it's hard for us to really cut each other off. Well, I usually answer your questions before you even ask. That's me true. Things, that, so gets that gets weird, weird. too. <laughs> Actually, that might that might be a benefit uh, for the show because now we're not going to both. You're not going to be like I was going to ask that. That's very and, true. We're going to you'll at least know what I'm going to ask. <laughs> So uh, we'll be joined in a little while by our guest tonight, Christine Corda. She is a psychic medium who has a very interesting backstory. So I want to get into that with her, find out about her experiences growing up and how that shaped her into the person and the psychic medium that she is today. Uh, Also, we will have a little bit more information for you. We have... I think six tickets remaining for our, la- our, our next Legend Trips event. Uh, it will be happening on July 12th, so you can get those. I keep saying every week they're going to be gone before the end of the program, but for some reason those six keep sticking around. So uh, you can get them by going to legendtrips.com. And I don't think you guys really touched upon this. You mentioned that Dustin Parry is going to be there right. at this event, but I think you guys weren't aware. It's going to be his birthday that night. Really? Oh, boy. Yeah, so I'm thinking I've got to get a cake. Yeah, you have to. You can't well, not get a anything's cake. Anything's better with a cake. And uh, one of our regular attendees, uh, somebody who's been coming to the last couple of events, has said that she's going to be bringing cookies and desserts and all kinds of things, too. Wow. But I, I feel like we need to also have the cake. Right. It's appropriate. So we've done it before when people have had birth- yeah. We have a lot I'm of a birthdays for birthday around cake. our lead. Yeah, exactly. I, sometimes I'll just buy one. Just, and just pretend it's your birthday? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm an adult. I can do that. That's true. You can. Well, I do that, but it's because I'm pregnant and you're not, so. <laughs> well, well you don't, don't be so sure. I don't know what he's been Uh-oh, doing Matt. these last two weeks. What's when I've going been on with you? And, uh, and I just want to say thank you, too, real quickly to uh, John Tobin for having me out to Parahistory Con 2 uh, two weeks ago in Lake George, New York. Fantastic time. Uh, spent a lot of time talking to some people in the paranormal field who will be bringing on uh, in the show, including this one I'm very excited about, Jeff Mudgett who wrote the book Bloodlines about H.H. Holmes. We're going to have him come on the show, and we're hoping that we can get Moniz's mentor, Maurice Desjardins, to come on as well. He, of course, wrote the book on Holmes, The Devil's Alibi. So if we can work that out, I know that Jeff would said that he would be very honored uh, to be on the program with Maurice. So hopefully we can make that happen. And, and just a whole bunch of new friends and old friends uh, there in Lake George, New York, and a great time investigating Fort William Henry. And then last week, thank you so much to Brian Dorn for taking me out to Minnesota. And I got to be part of a ghost hunt at the Mounds Theater, which is just a 
awesome place. Uh, it's very much uh, in the process of being renovated, but you just get a vibe when you walk in there. And there's a number of spirits that are, are said to be haunting the location. And as I was walking off the stage to go down into the basement area, I was carrying my headphones in my hand. And I was kind of carrying them, and I'll do this for the benefit of Spooky TV and, and you folks here in the studio. I was kind of carrying them in my hands like this. And I opened up the curtain, and I walked into the back behind the curtain to go down to the, to the basement uh, stairway. And something, there was nobody on the other side of the curtain, something grabbed my headphones and yanked them out of my hand, which was kind of cool. It's but, always cool when stuff like that happens. And that was probably the most profound thing that happened to me uh, that night there. But then, uh, of course, I came back here. Thank you again, Matt, I have to say. Publicly, I said it this morning, but I'm yeah. sure you weren't listening. I wasn't. Thanking you for coming in. <laughs> I was in bed. Was, two Saturday mornings like, in a row. I don't have to get up at 6. I'm, I stayed in bed till and quarter of 10. You did a great job here steering steering the ship. It takes 20 minutes to get there. And, and you did a great job, and we were and I was able to somehow stay awake for that show last week. I'm sure I got very loopy toward the end. Uh, and then, of course, a, a wrestling event at the IWI event at the Eagles Club in St. Paul. They do a card every month, and... For those unaware, Darkness Radio's Tim Dennis is the vice president of IWI and the commissioner. And he had been working with the good guy tag team, uh, Tall and Small, to try and get the the tag titles off the bad guys, the heels. Uh, That being Glam Slam 2.0, Spider Baby, and the X-Man Ian Xavier. And <laughs> they, those are great names. <laughs> they are good. They're, and so he'd been working. Tim had been working with Tall and Small to come up with a way to get the belts off off the champs. And two months ago, they left him in the ring to get beat down by Glam Slam, and he was put in the hospital. And he he said that nobody came to visit him except Glam Slam, ironically enough. And so Tim actually screwed Tall and Small, turned heel. In the middle of the ring. And I was a special guest ring announcer for the main event. He was the guest referee. And he screwed them out of the tag titles. Called me into the ring. Made me announce Glam Slam as still the champions. Despite mm-hmm. my reservations at what I'd just seen my friend pull off. And so we got into it in the middle of the ring. We're jarring back and forth. Long story short, he sucker punched me. Uh-oh. And I took him down with what I call the spook hammer. The spook hammer. Yes. I, spook I, hammer. I hit him with the... The, el- you know, the elbow shot across the chest. Yep. He went down like a sack of potatoes. And uh, I got a face pop in Minnesota, the, the land of wrestling, the, the ho- heartland of American wrestling, Minnesota. I got a face pop. I think we should reenact this for Spooky TV. Well, you know, we're working on getting the video. Hopefully there's a, there's a, a great, great wrestler out there by the name of The Minnesotan who could not be a more entertaining character. <laughs> and uh, he, he videotapes it. So we're hoping that we can get the video. But... Uh, at the very end, the X-Man Ian Xavier called me out and said that he would see me next month. And, uh, you know, we're going to have some, some problems, him and I. So. Uh-oh. I don't know. Somewhere down the line, I think we may be able to work that out where uh, the, X-Men will get, the X-Man will get what's coming to him. So, but if you have never had a chance to check out an IWI event and you live out in the Minnesota area, definitely check it out. Very affordable family entertainment and great old school wrestling. All right. I think that does enough talking about my adventures <laughs> Any other questions, you can just email me. I'm going to write a couple blog posts, too, I think, for the Spooky South Coast blog on WBSM.com. But now, you know, part of having this new format and this new era means that we're going to make a concerted effort to have the week and weird every week. And, And, Stephanie, you've been charged with compiling that, and you're going to be our kind of our week and weird anchor. So Sounds great. If you're ready, we're ready. I'm ready. Okay. Are you, though? 
I hope so. I don't know. I'm not ready, apparently. <laughs> Buying a car can Hold be on, a let me stressful. Stop so this stressful. guy from talking. <laughs> now let's try this again. More bad news. Well, I got a great show for you today with some wonderful weird stuff. I feel, I feel so very weird. <laughs> the Week in Weird. Are you ready for this? Oh, we are ready. All right, well, this week was pretty weird, but I had to pick three highlights, so here are my three highlights. My first, man gets vibrator stuck in large intestine. Say what now? It happened. I, I heard there's a I heard there's a buzz about this story. <laughs> um, the story was actually being told tonight on um, TLC's Sex Sent Me to the ER. A man and wife went into what is it? sex. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> sex sent me to the ER. That's what it's called. Apparently, it's a new show on TLC. Hmm. It's popular. So this is the story that they were covering actually tonight. The TLC is the learning channel. It is. Okay. Kind of weird. So a man and wife went into the ER for severe constipation, but an x-ray showed a much more serious problem. The ER nurse said that this is the first time he's ever encountered a running vibrator still inside someone. The patient was pretty reluctant to explain how the vibrator got stuck where the sun don't shine, but the wife eventually spilt the beans and told them. They were kind of fooling around, and she doesn't know what happened is what she said. Doctors were able to remove the vibrator, but there's no word on if the experience left the patient with bad vibes. I like that. I like where you went with that. (laughs) Definitely probably the weirdest I've I've read. So, moving on to... Sorry, that was just I had it on high-powered. Sounded like a vibrator. (laughs) I had it turned all the way up. Runs... You know, you know, they, they always make the jokes about the ones that run on D batteries. This one's on. This one runs on one of those flashlight nine volts. <laughs> you know, those giant ones that uh, you know are just for flashlights. All right. So our second highlight. Is we can only go up from here. Yes, very true. <laughs> Pope Francis says that he would baptize aliens. So I had to really look into this one because aliens in the Catholic Church don't really usually mix. So the Pope says if aliens came to the Vatican, he would be willing to baptize them, stating, who are we to close doors? In a homily dedicated to the concept of acceptance and inclusion, he stated Catholicism was a church of open doors. Pope Francis said, if, for example, tomorrow an expedition of Martians came to us and said, I want to be baptized, what would happen? Clarifying that he was really talking about actual aliens, the Pope said, Martians, right? Green with long noses and big ears like in children's drawings. Who are we to close doors? This is actually not the first time a Pope has mentioned baptizing aliens. Pope Benedict XVI had said he would baptize an alien if they asked. And the astronomer at the Vatican Observatory had said, any entity, no matter how many tentacles it has, still has a soul. So apparently they have a pretty interesting outlook on the supernatural. Well, I will say this. Stephanie definitely gets the gist of the weak and weird going from vibrators stuck in men's intestines to the Pope. <laughs> Might as well. So she definitely gets the dichotomy that we can bring to the table you with the weak and weird. cover it from both ends of the spectrum. Uh, well, I think that guy covered it from both ends. That yes, was part of the reason why he's on TLC tonight. <laughs> and last but not least, a pregnant woman is not loving her Mick Marijuana burger. How can she not? I don't know. Mick Marijuana burger. 
Mick Marijuana Burger. A pregnant woman and her boyfriend claim they found an extra ingredient in their McDonald's burgers, marijuana. Brittany Songer, her boyfriend and two-year-old son, had an unusual experience at their local Iowa McDonald's. When the couple ordered two McDoubles, took a bite and realized something was very wrong. They opened the cheeseburger to find the cheese was covered in weed. The couple reported the McDoobies to the police. (laughs) Police say the substance found on the burger appears consistent with marijuana and it's being sent (laughs) for further testing to a lab. It could take up to two months before they determine what's going on, but apparently it could result in a lot of fines and a lot of arrests. Usually you go to the McDonald's drive-thru for McDoubles after you've already consumed the marijuana, right? Indeed. Isn't that how it usually works? And I thought it was usually Taco Bell. And, uh, yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> I'm surprised, though, that uh, that the weed burgers were on the dollar menu. That's like, true. You would, you would that think there'd be a little bit more money than that. Yeah, they're not sure if it was intentionally planted or not, but either way, cheese covered in weed. The weird thing is they actually asked for McGangbangs. That's, <laughs> they didn't mean to get the, uh, the McDouble. They, they wanted the McGangbang, but they didn't know how to say it. Um, are you familiar with the McGangbang? I have not heard of that. I've never told you about that no. before? You go to McDonald's. You go mm-hmm. to the drive-thru. You ask for a McGangbang. Okay. They take a McDouble. They split it apart between the two burgers. You know where they you know they put one piece of cheese on the McDouble? Mm-hmm. They pull it apart in the middle. They take an entire McChicken, bread and all, and they shove it in between the two <laughs> patties of the McDouble. Oh, my goodness. Making this immense burger that has henceforth become known as the McGangbang. It's not very good. It's not, but when you eat one, you're like, do you do you actually ask for it? You do. You have do to they ask know? for it because I never. I, every time I've done it, I've never. I've asked. asked. I've asked for it three times at the drive. I feel like I'm gonna. If I ask, I'm gonna get weed in my burger. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> that's a McDoobie, not a McGangbang. And if you get the McDoobie, yeah. Then when you go to Taco Bell afterwards, because you know how we <laughs> we've done we've done it before. We've all we've all double drive through. Oh, I've, I've made my own. You've double drive through, right? I've triple drive through. So there, you know the what I'm talking about. Yep. Make your own no, 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 no. I'm talking like one right after the other. Um, I've actually done that, yes, but I don't know if totally for myself. You know, sometimes you want the burger from Burger King, but you want the McNuggets from McDonald's. Yeah, you don't some, want some places that have better fries. Exactly. So you do the double drive-through. That's why they need one of those Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, Mc, uh, what the heck are they called? And Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, well, they have like, yeah, they have the all in ones. Uh, it's like it's like the instant food court all in one makes place. Makes it so much better. You can choose what you want. But if you're gonna double drive-through, it's okay if you've had the McDoobie. Because, like, you're already stoned, so they're going to be like, well, no wonder you're coming for the Taco Bell drive through <laughs> eating McDonald's. You went to get a McDoobie, and now you want your tacos. <laughs> so it would just make perfect sense. Instead of now the situation that I have where I pull up to the drive through window at Taco Bell, and they're like, is that a McDonald's bag in your seat? Oh, gee, you're fat. <laughs> by, the, oh by the way, did you make up the McDoobie, or was that in the story? I don't remember, actually. Oh, okay. I think she made it up. Good, because it's brilliant. I'll have to look back. <laughs> I might have stolen it. I don't right, remember. See, the first thing you got to learn about being a, a news anchor, always take credit, All right. even if it All wasn't right, your idea. All right, that does it for the Week and Weird for this week. Uh, if you have any stories you would like to share with us, you can tweet them to us at SpookySC, and then uh, we'll put it up on our Spooky South Coast Week and Weird, and who knows, we may even read it on the air. Thank you. All right. I don't know why that guy just fired off, but we are going to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we'll be joined by tonight's guest, Christine Corda. She's a psychic medium who has had some very strange experiences growing up. We'll find out about all that coming up in just a moment with more here on Spooky South Coast.
the South Coast, Tim Weisberg, along with Nissan Assassin Matt Costa and Stephanie Burke, here with you each and every Saturday night talking about the paranormal. And now we are joined now by our guest tonight. She is a psychic medium. She's the host of the Kiss Me, I'm Psychic program on Blog Talk Radio. It airs twice a week, and uh, she is joining us now. Good evening, Christine Corda. Thank you for joining us on the program. Hi, thank you so much for having me. How you doing? Oh, we're doing well. We're spooktacular, as we like to say here. Awesome. awesome. And uh, apologies for uh, shifting things around because of the Red Sox, but that's what happens, you know, when you're on our station. It's it's different. You're lucky with Blog Talk. You know, you've got your time slot, and nothing ever happens. Yeah, you know, it's that's it's true. <laughs> up to you. With us, we're kind of subject to whatever's on the radio. Did they win? Uh, I don't think so. Oh well, I know. Last I looked, they were six to uh, one. I think. Well, you're you're in Connecticut, so you must be right in the middle of that Red Sox Yankees divide. Really, in in the middle, yeah. Plus, the the my husband is a Mets fan, so it gets ugly. Oh yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Especially when you know uh, everybody else's teams are still playing in the postseason in his own. <laughs> you have no idea. You have no idea. So so tell us a little bit about what you do on the Kiss Me I'm Psychic program. You know, I do um, psychic readings, but I'm kind of shying away from that right now gets a little uh, into an ethical dilemma for me. Um, people call up, and I, I think that they forget they're on the radio, and, and sometimes a little bit more private things come out that I'm not really comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a lot of different shows. I have a lot of different guests. Uh, we do shows on conspiracy, on um, paranormal activity, books, government, politics. I mean, you name it, we'll do it. So it's it's the reason that I called it Kiss Me, I'm Psychic is because... Um, Coming from a Catholic Christian background, I was always, well, there was a lot of people that would slam me for being a psychic medium and would tell me, don't call it that, call it discernment. So I said, no, I'm proud to be psychic. So I said, I'm going to say, kiss me, I'm psychic. And also, you know, it's nice when people actually come up to you and kiss you as a result of it. Has that happened? Nope. I think we lost her. That's weird. Not only did the call drop really? drop off, but something weird just happened to the video, too, right at the I same time. It. Weird. Mm. Strange. Are you still with us, Christine? All right. We're going to – I want to disconnect that call and see if maybe we can get her to, to call back in. Uh, hopefully she can do so. Uh, I, I don't know. That's never happened before. <laughs> We've never lost a call in the middle like that. Uh, maybe it's because we waited, made her wait so long while we were goofing around with the weekend weird and stuff, and it's all your fault. Stephanie. It's all my fault. Everything was my fine. My first night, I failed. We'll see if we can get her to come back on. Uh, it, and because really, I want to find out more about what she does with the program. Because as, as she said, you know, it's it, people called in and wanted to get readings, and and as you know, that's a very weird dichotomy when you're trying to host a show. Yes, it is. And people know about your abilities, and they want to kind of utilize you for that but right. that's not what you're trying to do and and you're trying to put the energy into uh putting on a program and you don't want to draw the energy away it's to do that definitely difficult to do something like that yeah i think we have her back on the line here uh you back with us christine yes okay that sorry was, about that oh, i'm on my, my landline i don't know why that happened sometimes you never know who's listening we like to call it the <laughs> mysterious they <laughs> There you you know, go. they are listening and, and they, you know what it is? It's probably our bosses here at the station being like, no, you're not promoting internet radio. Click. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, we were just talking uh, for a minute there when we were waiting for you to reconnect about uh, Stephanie Burke, our co-host here, is also a psychic medium and she's hosted shows in the yeah. past. And Yep. 
heard of her. And it must be so strange when you you put all your effort into a guest and into a discussion, and you're trying to get the best that you can out of that discussion, and people just want to call you up for free readings. It's very frustrating. Thank you, because it is very frustrating. And and right in the middle of somebody discussing something like their book or their childhood or whatever, and then a call will come in, and I will literally say right before the call, this is you know their time, my guest, and mm-hmm. we're going to talk about their book, and you can ask questions about the book. Oh, can you tell me uh, if I'm going to win the lottery or something? And it, you know, I mean, people, they need things. They want to be comforted, but it gets a little interesting when they call right in the middle of, of other people. But um, it, it's all good. Right. I mean, and we, we've discussed that in the past here on the show. You know, every once in a while, we like to have somebody on such as yourself that has gifts and abilities, and we like to provide it for the audience to say, okay, you can call in and get a free mini reading. But mm. at the same time, it's more interesting to the audience and to us, and I think to everyone overall, if you can really just find out about a person, find out about how they got these gifts, about, about the journey that they've gone on with them and how it's changed their lives and shaped their lives. That, to me, is far more interesting than anything you can tell me uh, about my future or about my deceased loved one although lottery numbers you know i I would always take those but uh you know any anything else in that you know it's it it becomes very personal and it's not like you always want to bring the audience on that personal ride it's true and you know what just from what i've been through and and talking to people and working with people and interacting um i find that it's more about connecting with the deeper issues and and realizing that we all have that gift. We all have that intuitiveness. We, call, we all can empower ourselves. And instead of going to people for answers, I mean, it's nice to have people guide you and, and not lead you, but guide you and just to know that we can be empowered ourselves. And that's, um, and, and certainly that the gifts are not evil. I think that's one of my main things is that uh, coming through what I came through and going through what I did between the churches, and I'm not dissing anyone, please don't get me wrong, because they were, they were there for a reason, and they did give me some serious help. But to know that it was my abilities primarily that helped me get through what I did get through. Well, I definitely want, want to get into that coming up in the next hour. Of course, we had you sit on hold for a little bit there at the beginning, and we're going to put you back on hold again in, okay. in a couple of minutes because we do have to take a break for the news coming up in about three minutes, uh, and we can talk more about your uh, past and about what you've had to overcome, not only with your gifts, but just in your life in general. And it's it's a very fascinating story, and people, of course, there's probably people that are going through the same thing that are listening and, uh, and will learn from, from hearing about your journey. Uh, but if people do want to get a hold of you, and we'll, we'll just throw this out there now in case they want to check out your site during the course of the news break, uh, what's the best way to find out more about you? Is it christinecorda.net? Yes, my website is christinecorda.net, and pretty much everything is on there that they need to know. We have it all linked up right on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com as well. So if you go to our page and you see the slide sliding by at the top and it says this week's guest, you'll see a picture of Christine. You can click on the picture. You can click on her name. It will take you to her website as well. And if people want to actually uh, you know, utilize your services in a private one-on-one manner, you do offer them uh, available there for a fee. Yes. And unlike some, you know, I, I was checking out some of your, your rates and everything. It seems like you're, you're charging just a modest fee, and it, it seems like a lot of people will, who have these gifts, will kind of take advantage of people uh, who need help. They'll charge seven, eight, nine hundred dollars $900 for a half-an-hour session, and it seems like yours are very reasonable. 
Well, I was doing them for free for quite some time, but I found that um, strangely, and I don't really know why, if anyone wants to offer as to why that could be, uh, people were not quite as appreciative as when I was just giving them for free. I don't really know why. It's, it's but crazy, I, isn't it? They, they believe it more if they paid for it mm-hmm. than they do if you just offer it up. It, I don't know what it is. I think that when you pay for something, you value it more, no? I would think so, yeah. True. Yeah. If, I mean, if somebody gives me a car, I'm going to beat it to hell. But if, I, if I'm the one footing the bill for it, mm. you better believe I'm going to take care of that thing. There you go. Unless it's the car I'm currently driving. <laughs> All right. Well, we do have to take a break for the news, so we will put you on hold. But when we get back in, we will talk more about uh, your history, how you came to be in the place that you are in your life these days. And, and we'll find out about that journey because it's a, it's a very dark story. There were some malevolent forces working against you, but it seemed like you've come out on the bright side of it. And I had mentioned right before uh, we drove dropped you off that having a show called kiss me i'm psychic you must get a lot of people that come up and, and try to kiss you never 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 because i was thinking about changing the name of the show to kiss me I'm, I'm the host of spooky south coast <laughs> but i guess if it doesn't work we'll get you a t-shirt i'm tremendously cute but you know they don't do it <laughs> well the, that, now we know it's an open invite just remember <laughs> her husband is watching and he's an angry mets fan All right, so we will take a break. Uh, We'll talk with Christine coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, During the news break, you can check out her site. Again, it's christinecorda.net. It's linked up on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com. You can also check out, also on the front page of our site, the link to LegendTrips.com if you would like to purchase some of those six remaining tickets that we have for the Spirits of the Murdoch-Whitney House coming up July 12th in Winchenden, Massachusetts. Come on out. Help us celebrate Dustin Perry's birthday with him. Uh, I think he's turning... Uh, 29 for the 10th time or Sounds something. Right. But his but his hair is only kicking. The local news talk. We're here along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, and Stephanie Burke. Do you, do you need a nickname? I don't know. Everybody else has them. I know, but I don't want to say with psychic medium, Stephanie Burke, because then people are going to want to call in for readings. That's very true. Plus, we have a psychic medium as our guest. I don't want to confuse people. We need to come up with a catchy nickname for you. We're going to have to work long and hard on this. We will. Know. A lot longer than I worked on the remix of that theme song, by the way. <laughs> I apologize for that. It's the last time I try to do anything with audio. Matt Costa, I know you will bail me out and I'm fix sorry. it before next week. <laughs> well, I knew you were busy, so I didn't yeah. want to put it on you. And it's been it's been kind of a weird week. It's been a rough week. And and uh want to make mention uh, today, I, I mentioned it this morning on the morning show, but uh, just to let the Spooky South Coast audience be aware, uh, we lost a good friend yesterday, M- uh, Magoo Galerder, who was better known as Guru, the Wolfman, on Penny Dreadful, Shilling Shockers. Uh, he lost his courageous battle with cancer. So our hearts go out to the Shilling Shockers family as well as uh, Magoo and Danny's families. Uh, we really wish them the best and hopefully... You know, they they remember, and they'll always remember the good times, because there really was no nicer person than Magoo. And anybody that ever came across him knew that. Even as a wolf man, he was the nicest wolf man ever. The friendliest. Absolutely. And you could always scratch him behind the ears and, (laughs) you know, kind of look at his shoulder. Yep. Yeah, and and really, it's just, uh, it's it's a sad, sad loss, uh, very young, and uh, hopefully, you know, it, it... will at least uh, hammer home to a lot of people our age that, you know, you got to keep on top of these things, and you never know. So, uh, again, 
rest in peace, Magoo, and, and Godspeed, our friend. And we will now move on with the discussion with our guest tonight, Christine Corda. And I hate to do that. I hate to make you follow something like that, Christine. But, you know, uh, we, we, we were very close with him. And, uh, oh, and okay. they were integral parts of the early stages of the show, himself and his, and his wife, Danny, who uh, is better known to the world as horror hostess Penny Dreadful. Uh, oh, so okay. the, I know the entire paranormal and, and horror communities are coming together uh, tonight. But, you know, you've, you're someone, too, that has had uh, quite a rough go of it uh, in your early years. Now, you actually grew up in a house that had uh, some, some pretty negative things going on. Yes, and I just want to say I'm sorry about your loss, the loss of your friend. I, I saw Thank it you. on Facebook, and I'm, I'm very sorry about that. Thank it's you. fine to... I can follow that. That's wonderful to follow that um, and honor for him. But, yeah, I was brought up in, in what you would call a dysfunctional home. Uh, there was a dysfunctional home with abuse. And um, even as a, a young child, and I'm sure that Stephanie will agree, uh, she probably saw spirits at some level or another when she was a kid. I always did. And I don't know really if the house was haunted in the beginning we moved around when I was like between two and I think maybe five, um, but I always saw spirits. I always had interactions with spirits. It probably didn't help. You know, it probably they were drawn to me because of that, but I don't think that it caused it. Um, so because of the dysfunction and because of the abuse, um, it, it left me open. I, I really believe, and over the years and doing the healings that I've had to do on myself, in order to work with other people and also working with other people and seeing myself and other people as we all can do, um, I realized that there was a lot of brokenness that allowed certain entities to come around. And um, when I hit my early 20s, very early 20s, I um, became a certified nurse's aide. And I'm going to bring you back to the to the 1980s. How fun is this, right? Let's go back to the 1980s. Like, I love these. all want to go back there. Oh, my hair just grew. Um, <laughs> so in 1985, I was working as a certified nurse's aide at a convalescent home. I lifted a patient who was totally immobile. I really hurt my back. She almost fell, and I tried to keep her from falling. And doing so, I hurt my own back. I really just wrenched it, and there was a disc issue and all sorts of, of stuff like that. So I wasn't able to work. So here's what a 20-year-old does when, you know, I was out on, on a, um, what do you call it? That it, Because I had an injury. Whatever uh, uh, work what they Yeah, that's what it is. And so a co-worker of mine and her friends were going to these healing meetings, these healing, uh, revival, not revival meetings, but healing services. And they invited me to go. I was bored. I said, okay, what else am I going to do? I'm limping around. I can't do anything. So I went. And normally the, the first, like, four or five that I went to were evangelical ones, and they were, lo they were beautiful. They were fun and exciting and, and made me feel really good. Like the fifth or sixth one I went to was a Catholic uh, healing mass. And I was sitting there, and the priest came out. And he I don't know if I should say his name. He's since passed away, but I'm not sure. I'll just say Father Fred. No. And he was from Bombay, India, and he was just the nicest man, just the nicest, quietest, holiest man I think I've ever met. And he had a ministry to the deaf and poor in India, and that's what he was talking about. And um, quite honestly, between you and I and everyone listening, it was boring. Um, but, you know, I had been driven there, so 
I couldn't get up and leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to go get up, get up to get a blessing. He had a relic, what's known as a holy relic, and uh, it was from Garabandal, which was in Spain. And the uh, the belief or the one of the things that he was talking about that evening was his um, loyalty to Garabandal, Spain, where allegedly. Uh, the Virgin Mother, uh, Virgin Mother Mary, appeared there to like four or five children, and blessed a whole bunch of relics. Oh no, wait, were they relics before they were blessed? I'm not sure, but you know, you know what I mean. Sure. And so he had one of those. Now, if you had asked me at that point in my life what denomination I was, I would have said a Democrat. That's as much as I knew about religion at that point. So I got up, I said, well, my friends kind of said, I actually wanted to leave. My, my friend said, no, go ahead, go up and get a blessing. It's not going to hurt you and, and all this other stuff. So I went up, and as I was standing in the line, there were several different things that happened. One <laughs> being that there was somebody there with me that wasn't, I was not able to see. There was different changes in temperature. It went from ice, ice cold at first to then to ex- excruciatingly hot back and forth, back and forth. Um, As I went up to the altar, it was actually a stage, but I'll say altar, to get closer to, he was just touching the relic to people's foreheads Mm -hmm. and saying, God bless you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So he wasn't like whipping anything out and throwing it at me. You know, it wasn't like any kind of um, emotionally charged service. It was just, you know, very quiet and very um, Catholic. And... I went, the closer that I got to him, the worse that things got. And I literally remember standing there thinking to myself, I'm completely insane. I am actually completely insane because I was hearing the voices. I was feeling the different um, temperature changes. It was, I mean, I can remember the lights flickering. Wow. And literally, I got so scared. And and no one one else was feeling any of this? Nobody else was seeing these things happen? You know what? No. And that's what kept me like thinking, I'm insane, there's something wrong with my mind. Right, yeah. um, so I just stood there, and I was going, it was kind of a long line. There was a lot of people there wanted a blessing. And I stood there, and I got, the closer I got to him, the worse that it got. And then I was like maybe two or three people away from him. And it just, the, there was like, I don't know how to explain this without sounding like I'm insane, but I'll try. There was voices that were going on that were not me, but yet they were coming from <laughs> part of me, I guess. It was like I knew that they weren't something that I was thinking, but at the same time, I couldn't quite separate them from me. And they were, they were internal, internal voices, you're saying? Um, more or less an, a, a, internal. Yeah, I was going to say eternal, which probably is appropriate, too. And it was just very, very confusing. So I got it, and I said, I'm just going to go get the blessing, and then I'm going to go home, I'm going to go to bed, and I'm not going to come ever back to another healing service again as long as they live because it was just weird there was no reason for any of this to happen when i got to the front of the church or the front of the altar that it was a stage but to the front where he was couldn't move and when i say there was there was voices i i don't want to say what they were saying but you can imagine it was it was despicable language you're hearing a lot of negative oh Mm. negative to say the least yeah (laughs) nasty put a sailor to shame um very, very disgusting, foul language. Things that, I mean, I can swear with the best of them, trust me, but things that I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think of saying. I couldn't figure it out. 
thinking, oh my gosh, this is me. Why would I feel this way about this poor little priest, you know? So, But you knew at this point, though, that it, you didn't have any suspicion that maybe it was something that was around him. You knew that it was something coming from within you. Yeah, and you know what? I think that deep inside that I did know, but I really did a whole bunch of denying at that point. Mm-hmm. My, my teen years and my young adult years was filled with a lot of different energies and, and a lot of... Oh, one of the ways that I got through things is by denying them, saying, no, that's probably not real. It's probably not real. So I didn't have to face it. Because when you lose control in your life, sometimes it's the best thing to do is say, well, that's not really happening type of thing. I guess it's a form of disassociation. So anyway, when I got up to the, to the altar, there he was. He looked into my eyes. I looked into his eyes. Um, and I couldn't move. I couldn't move, and I don't know what happened to my face. I don't know if I, my face changed. He never told me anything about that. Um, and he said, do you want to come up for a blessing, dear? And I just, I, something must have happened to my face, because he looked up, and his face kind of like had a, a flash of recognition. And he said, no, no, hold her, hold her. She has a demon in her. Some, something wow. to that effect. I'm paraphrasing for sure. At that time... Um, to say that all hell break, broke loose is kind of like a, a silly thing to say, but it's true. And I literally, I didn't feel it and I don't remember it, but people told me that I levitated from the front of the church to the back of the church. I, I know for, for sure that I was standing there and the next, literally like a split second later, I was on the floor in the back of the church and I, there was a terrible sound coming out of my mouth. Um, and there was a whole bunch of pandemonium. People were screaming, running out. And I remember laying on the floor thinking, oh, my God, what the hell just happened? What, you know, what's wrong with me? Completely mortified, you know, not knowing what was going on. So to make a long story short, because it does take a while for me to say this, is a lot of detail. Uh, he ended up coming to the back of the church. He recognized it. He recognized what was going on. And I remember laying there, and he was throwing this burning, hotting, hot, hot, scalding water on my face. And eventually, he tried to pray, and he prayed, and there was just—it was just awful. That's all I can say. An ambulance came. Somebody called an ambulance. They took me out, and um, I went to the hospital. And they checked me out at the hospital. They had no reason to keep me there. It was a psychiatric ward in the in the emergency room, and they had no reason to keep me there. I said, I don't know what happened. I said, I have no idea. Um, but before I left, I went into the bathroom in the emergency room, looked at my face, and there was all red marks on my face, looked at my throat right around the area where you would do a tracheotomy, and there was a, a bruise and a, and a burn, a very, very bad burn in a circle, a circular uh, shape. And I just was like, oh my God. I was like, what the heck did this guy do to me? What is he, crazy? Right, yeah. And I started to get mad, so I... I left the hospital before I went and got in the car and went home. I called him up on the phone and I said, I, I just want to tell you that there's nothing wrong with me, but I want to know what you did to my neck. I want to know what you and, and your, your friends or whatever did to my face. And he said, Christine, he said, you need help. He said, I know he was, he was an exorcist. I didn't know. He didn't like have a sign saying, hi, I'm an exorcist. He didn't tell anybody that, but he told me on the phone. He said, I know these things. I have this gift. You have to get help or it's, it's just going to take you over. 
and I was insistent. I was also scared. I was scared to death. I was like 20 years old. I didn't know what the heck was going on. I knew something was going on. And I said, well, I don't believe you. I said, I just want to know, please tell me what you did to my neck. And he said, I did nothing to your neck except I placed the relic on your throat to make the demon speak. I didn't know what a relic was. I didn't know what he was talking about. But when he, when he said that to me, I, I mean, I can't even tell you how I felt. That, apparent, that was exactly what had put the burns there. And what he was throwing into my face, which turned out to be not scalding water, but was holy water. So at, at the time that I was in the back of the church, um, he was doing the prayers, it had the physical manifestation. So I went and saw him, um, I think maybe two more times, and then he had to go back to India. He tried to petition the church at that point to do a, an, a formal exorcism, and the one the diocese in Bridgeport didn't want anything to do with it. They were like, she comes from uh, she comes from the Hartford diocese. Send her there. Um, he went back, and he put me in touch with Ed and Lorraine Warren, who then helped me with the Hartford Arch Archdiocese. And so it was it was about 1985 to 1991. I'm I'm probably like off on those years. Oh, but still, give or take. yeah, to have it take that long. And, yeah. and, and during this time, was this, was this thing manifesting within you, uh, at any other time when you weren't around, uh, someone from the clergy? Was it something that was having an impact in your daily life? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, demonic infestation is, is something that, and over the years it's become popular. I, I don't want to say it's become popular, but people like TV shows, you know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. TV shows and they show it and let's, fill a squirt gun with holy water and go in this demonically infested right, nightclub and, you know, yay, what a fun night. Um, and it sort of was, was, there's too many people doing it now. So when something happens to you demonically, when something is, is oppressing you or possessing you, even if it's intermittent, um, uh, demonically, your whole life, aspects of your life really do get messed up. So I would get a job, and then the job would fail, or I would get I would get hurt, or I would, I mean, natural. You would say, yeah, it's a natural thing, but just just a lot of bad misfortunes would happen, and there would be a lot of one one thing that I did notice, and it's very it's very good to know is that my psychic and medium abilities were very messed up at the time, like they were interfering with that. They don't like people who are psychic. Demonic beings are very, very upset around people who are psychic because mm. they know that they can be recognized. But other than that, when they are around you and they want to possess, that's their ultimate goal, they usually don't manifest unless they're threatened. Because otherwise, you know, if you see them, you might fight. Sure, but I'm I'm sure at this time though you were probably making a lot of choices that you you knew in the back of your mind, like this isn't what I would do. This isn't me. Yeah, things like that, but you know, it was more like a just a, a like a slow torture. I mean, there was manifest manifestations in the house um, every night, every early morning. I would wake up at like five of th five after three in the morning because I had dyslexic demons. I mean, I didn't even have normal demons around me, and they instead of three a.m. it would be like five after, and then I would wake up and there would be so a shadow in the closet. Or there would be something standing over the bed, or the the clock used to used to the wind up clock. It wasn't a digital clock; it was a battery run. Uh, no, actually, it was a wind up clock. You didn't even need a battery, and it would go backwards. And things like that would happen. Or we would hear the um, 
the voices coming from the vent and couldn't figure out what they were saying. There was always manifestations like that, but they weren't quite as bad until there was the confrontation, I guess. Well, when you say we, there was someone else in your life at this time that was also being impacted by this? Well, another family member, my brother, yeah, he used to hear things and experience things um, that, you know, we used to kind of say, well, it's probably nothing, or we never really knew what it was exactly at that point of what was going on. But, yeah, there was there was him, and I didn't wasn't really social at that point. Were they always negative, like the shadow, the clock, the voices? Were you hearing them the same way that you did when you um, you went to the healing, or was it just things that were happening? No, there was a lot of spirits around me. I, I saw human spirits. I saw animal spirits. Um, I saw spirits that I, I could never categorize, um, never quite got that far, I guess. And I saw spirits that I would categorize as being inhuman or certainly with an evil intent. I understand that human spirits, when they pass away, can have an evil intent, but these were, they just looked and smelled and just had a feeling about them that was not human. Like, they just were specifically never human. So there was some positive spirit. You know, there were some some positive energies in my life, and there were some positive interactions, but it was, um, it was like a, a struggle at that point. It was like a struggle. And, you know, I went into the church with the thought of determining what was wrong with me and what was not wrong with me. And when you go into the Roman Catholic Church, they are going to tell you they did every single test to me known to man. I had EEGs. I had EKGs. I was in the hospital. I think twice I was inpatient so they could have psychiatrists and psychologists talking with me and interacting with me. They did not leave one stone unturned when it came to that. So so when you're dealing with this this demonic entity, essentially, when you're dealing with this and uh, you are experiencing some of the positive spirits that are coming through, uh, was it always something that you had to keep in the back of your mind that it could have just been, uh, you know, the demonic messing with you? Or was there a lot of skepticism when you did encounter a positive spirit that maybe it was just toying with you or did it just kind of stick just to the negative activity? You know, that's an awesome question. That really is an awesome question. One of the things that I learned, and I, and I like to tell people that it, it, I think God blessed me with a demonic haunting, um, because one of the things that I learned is I learned really how to hone my abilities, how to really, really rely on them and to get to the, to the real um, nitty-gritty of them. Because, yes, when, you're, when you have things around you that are of that nature, you're going to have situations where, you know, like I would get children would appear to me. I would see children. And, I, and a couple times I really had bad experiences because I was interacting with them and it ended up that they were not genuinely human spirits. And that's when well-meaning people around me at that point would say, well, see, that's what you're drawing into you because you're a psychic medium and you're drawing in the demonic. But what it was, it was that the demonic or the negative were coming around me not just from my childhood, but also because they were recognizing that I, I, could see, I could sense them. And they wanted to get, they don't like that. They don't like that ability. So it taught me how to differentiate between the two things, to pe- between the negative and the positive. If something was angelic, I kind of, you kind of know. 
I mean, anybody, even if you're, you're not a practicing psychic, you can, you can usually tell if something is negative or positive, or I should say um, evil or, or good. Sure, yeah. Uh, we do have a call on the line. If anybody has any questions for our guest, Christine Corda, you can give us a call, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. You can also tweet them to us at SpookySC, or you can email them SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Christine Corda. Do you have a question for her? Hi. Actually, no. I just wanted to shout out to my girl, Christine. Hey. Uh, hey, Luann. Hi, Luann. How are you? I am great. Good to hear you on the radio. <laughs> and if anybody, I, I'm, Christine and I have been through a lot, <laughs> both of us, and, and she does have a really, you know, um, her story, is, in a way, is just so sad because it really shouldn't take anyone that amount of time to actually get some help, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember some of the things that Christine told me that was going on, and it's like, and no one would help you, mm. you know. But she's, you know, she's kind of like me. I feel like a kinship with Christine in a way yeah. because we have had a lot of similar incidences, put it that way. Um and she's she, just like me, she's made it out to the other side, and, you know, she's trying to do something positive with that, and I have the utmost respect for her, and I just wanted to say that and give her a big, like, kiss and hugs and say, she's psychic, you got to kiss her. Well, it's definitely mutual, Luann. You, you've helped me a lot just, just by saying things like that over the years. Well, you know what? What I think is really important, though, and especially with like that darker side of the field, that people like us that have experienced it stick together and make a united front, and we keep helping people that need us. Mm. You know, I, I think we take what they did to us and we make it something positive that way. Yeah, I think that was the big lesson in my life, yeah. anyway. You know. And I think all of us, if, if, we're, if we're listening and we're looking, we can yeah. see it that way. That's for sure. It is a big lesson. Well, it sounds like you guys have uh, been communicating for quite a while between yourselves. And <laughs> Oh, yeah, a long time. We, geesh, I don't even want to say how many years because then you'll know how old we are. <laughs> we were 10 when we started. <laughs> well, yeah, she's a great girl. She's, she's got a lot of great gifts and... It really does my heart good because a lot of people don't turn out as well after these kind of experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot of guts and a lot of heart to get to where Christine is. Well, I think as Christine alluded to, you know, some people are presented with this as a challenge to, to make them come out stronger on the other side. So, Yep, yep. And the funny thing about that is I really don't think that was, you know, these beings, it wasn't their intent for that to happen. But I, I, it, it gives you that belief that, in a way, the good side really does win out in the end because they tried hard to destroy the two of us. Mm-hmm. But yet, what do you have? You know, you have a woman, Christine, who helps people and use her gifts to help people, you know, and then you've got crazy old me looking for them to kick them out wherever I can, you know. So, in a way, they got the total opposite of what they were trying to do to us. I mean, and I love that. I, I'm <laughs> going to say, I'm sure that um, 
you know, they probably look at it and think of, you know, what their success rate is in terms of being able to, to possess or perfectly possess people. Uh, and not very good. <laughs> I was going to say, it seems like more often than not, it ends up being, uh, you, you know, that they, that they didn't succeed. And it, it has made me wonder in the past that, you know, we always say that, you know, possession is the goal and, and essentially perfect possession is the goal. But maybe it's not. Maybe it is just another way for the strengthening of the person that has to undergo it. Well, funny that you say that. I read something a long time ago, and it rings true in my heart, you know, because you've got all these negative things out there that are trying to do negative things. And they do win sometimes, you know. That's a cold fact. But at the same time, a lot of times they do lose, and you have to look at it this way. In the end, everything serves God, whether they want to or not. You know, what comes around kind of goes around. And no matter what these negative things are doing, maybe it's like the balance of the universe that has to be withheld. I don't know. You know, maybe they can't win more times than they're allowed to or whatever. But in the end, it, it does seem to me like the good wins out. You know, and Christine's a perfect example of it. You know, she could have been crushed. And, and maybe the the rare times that the negative does win out, that the dark side does win out, it's just because for whatever reason the the person fighting just didn't have the resolve or didn't have the strength within them to, to keep up with the battle. Or the right people to help them. Mm-hmm. You know, look at what would have happened to Christine if no one had believed her, if if she she went through a long ordeal to get help. But what if at the end of that ordeal she didn't get the help that she needed? It would be a whole different story, and the same in my case. If if the people don't get the right help that they need, they're not going to succeed, you know. And how many people out there that have these things going on that keep oh that was nothing, that was nothing, and then by the time they realize that it's actually something, it's too late, you know. There's there's a lot of different ways that something like this type of a case can go a lot of ways. Oh, well, thank you so much for the call. Anytime. And, uh, and give her a big hug and kiss for me. Well, we have to. It's it's in the rules. It's in the name yep. of her show. Yep. Kiss me. She's psychic. <laughs> <laughs> have a great night. Thanks, Luann. You Thank too. You, Take care, right, everyone. Bye-bye. Again, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. If you have any questions that you would like to ask our guest tonight, Christine Corda. And, Christine, you had mentioned that there was a confrontation. Uh, and I'm assuming that uh, at some point, you know, this is becoming all-consuming uh, for you in your life. And you get to that point where there has to be this this final battle. Uh, I'm sorry? You mean now or before? Uh, well, before you you had you had made an allusion before to uh, until until you reached the confrontation stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. uh, is and things probably just got to the point back then that you couldn't take it anymore. I would assume it it gets like that. It does. It gets like that. But um, it 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 was very frustrating because I did go through the church. I went through all the proper channels, um, and they did an exorcism in uh, 91 or 92, I mean, who remembers those things, right? Um, And then they stopped, and they sent me home, basically. So I went all the way to that to end up (laughs) back in my my apartment by myself, and from 92 to 95, I don't know how I didn't die. So that was what Luann was talking about. 
the ramifications of not being able to or not being able to or not willing to help a person. I'm not going to judge the people who who did or didn't help me because I don't know what they were going through. Maybe they had a lot of stress or suffering or backlash, so I can't I can't bl- I can't blame them. Um, but it ended up that how I didn't I don't know how I didn't die because it was that bad. You know, and back in the early 90s, you didn't have these TV shows. You didn't have people you could call and say, "Gee, there's a uh, this and that going on." No, no, no. It really was not available. So I had to fend for myself, and it was it got it, it, what God gives us. What we have is the abilities, and the, and if somebody reaches out for help and reaches out for help, it's we do have the capacity to empower ourselves and to free ourselves from these from these elements, from these spirits, from these situations, because those are the gifts that we're born with. And you also didn't have the benefit of what we have now, where with the Internet, you can kind of have a support system built in. So even if you're not getting that help from the church or getting the help from the medical field or, or what have you, you're able to kind of talk to other people who are in the same situation. Did you ever encounter anyone else who was going through the same thing? Um, yes. Over the years I have, off and on. But uh, when I had my, my oldest daughter, when I got pregnant with her, uh, that's when my life changed a lot because of the love I had for her and um, wanting to protect my baby. Mm-hmm. So things started to change. And then um, when I had my youngest, who is now 10, um, the home that I was living in became active again because I, I lost her twin. And there was, I, I think the house that we were in was, something was going on there anyway. And um, I, we met uh, Keith and Sandra Johnson, who are on your network, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they came out to Connecticut, and they were extremely, they were an example that I will say, they were an example of people who are doing exactly the right thing in this field. Oh, absolutely, yes. They, and they have helped so many people uh, that we'll never even know about yeah. uh, just in, in their daily work. Uh, so it, it was really to the point where, you know, even with what you were going through in the early 90s, it's still bothering you all the way up until the early 2000s? Uh, not, no, not, not, not in, in whole. But okay. there, was, there was little... Um, no, no, because I had to do a lot of meditating. I did a lot of meditating. I did a lot of um, different, uh, I guess, middle, not middle, eastern, eastern practices like Buddhism and, and chakra balancing. I became a very eclectic... Um, person religiously and I did a lot of those things reading the Bible myself by myself just praying praying fasting praying fasting Um, and it probably took a lot more years than if I had had it done in the church Um, but it was better because it's like losing weight too fast you know Mm -hmm. you lose weight too fast it, it you know it's it can be harmful, and it, it can always come back really quick. But if you lose it in a year or whatever, it's much healthier. And that's what it was kind of like. But when we were in the house where my, my uh, youngest daughter was born, there was activity there was activity there in the beginning, but it wasn't like, it wasn't from what had happened to me. I think it was just there. Right, it was kind of just, uh, I hate to say it, but almost like a run-of-the-mill type haunting. Yeah, and then because of the loss of, of uh, the miscarriage that I had, and my youngest was born very ill. She was very, very sick when she was born. And then, you know, I mean, if a demonic being is not attracted to to um, 
postpartum depression. I don't know what is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So all those things kind of laid the groundwork for a little bit more activity. Um, and it was then that it was like, okay, Christine, I, I didn't say that to myself, but it was just an inner strength thing. You got to either deal with this or just forget about it because this is not going to happen anymore. And when my children became uh, involved in it, if you will, or, or certainly suffering from it, that's when things were like, uh-uh, this is not going to happen. It's not going to happen again. I'm not going to deal with this. Um, and that's when Keith and Sandra Johnson from Near came in and, um, you know, they prayed with us like we were, we were their friends. And they helped in that way. And it's, it's a growing, it's a, it's a process. It's a growth, you know, you have to grow, you have to, can't, you can't say that, you can't say that you're, in this life we can never say we're done, growing or learning or, or honing our gifts or perfecting or whatever, because it's always, we could live for a hundred thousand years and we can never learn as much as God, the angels, the guides, however people want to believe. I don't want to tell my religion on anybody, but you know. No, no, but I understand exactly what you mean. Now, as you're going through this process, uh, as just as a human being, going through this learning process, how is it having an effect on you uh, with your abilities as a psychic medium? I always felt like God was punishing me. I always felt like God didn't, didn't like me. He hated me, as a matter of fact. Um, and I had a lot of feedback. I still have feedback. If you go on YouTube and you look at the videos of my interviews, there's, I have a bunch of people who kind of follow me around and want to tell me that I'm going to hell, basically. Um, so I had to resolve within myself that psychic abilities were not sinful. And they were not, um, and it was hard. And once I did that, it, it, that's when the strength really took off. Probably didn't really answer your question. No, no, it did. Uh, but I'm, I'm just wondering, though, if... It just must be such a struggle every day to have to get up and and face that. And you're telling us about you know having a family and, and trying to have a regular life uh, around all of this. Were there any concerns on your part of bringing uh, a family, bringing children into uh, a world where you knew what you had to go through? Yes, definitely. There was a lot of there was a lot of holy water. There was a lot of blessings. There was a lot of prayers. Um, when my oldest daughter was born, it, it was strange because there was manifestations um, prior to her being born. But when I became pregnant, it was it was as if there was just like a a merciful. Um, it just kind of stopped it for a while. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why that happened. There really wasn't as as bad as manifestations as there had been. So it it kind of lulled for a while, and then when my youngest was born, the situation in the house probably had something to do with it, and also the situation that I had found myself in, um, the health, you know, the postpartum and the different difficulties that my my youngest had faced physically. I think that just stirred something up that was in the house already, and it took it, you know, they don't, they like opportunity, they like suffering. They like uh, negativity, and that was certainly not a positive time in, in my life, in any of our lives. So moving forward to today, um, present time, are you still dealing with demonic manifestations, or would you say you're demon-free? I, you know what? I am right now. Um, I don't have anything talking to me. I don't have anything scratching me or, or pushing me or anything like that. 
I mean, certainly the negative spirits will come around, but that's true of anybody. I think that if anybody's in a life that's a spiritual life or practicing psychic medium, uh, interacting with spirits or on another level of reading a person, because you're not, you know, reading a person spiritually, it can, I don't want to say it can bring things in, but it can, it can certainly let them know that they're recognized. And so if they're around, it might stir them up uh, to make trouble. But no, nothing that I would say, no, gosh, no, nothing like it used to be. But I don't want to say that I'm completely free because sometimes I'll see a client or somebody will come to me who has some, a need for a clearing in their house and there will be some interference or interaction and I have to just smudge and I have to pray and you know I have to do what I have to do. Do you normally practice any type of um, protection rituals or things like that to block out any and all negative um, entities, whether it be demonic or just somebody, a cranky past loved one of someone, especially while you are doing personal readings? Well, I do. I do the, a lot of the grounding. I do very deep meditation. Um, just whatever I'm guided to, I will pray. I will ask my guides, my angels, to be around I do a lot uh, with the violet flame. I don't know if you're familiar yes, with that. I am. And ask for that. And really just um, ask for protection. I mean, I do certain prayers that I do. Um, there's a book called uh, Spiritual Clearings, I think. It's by Diane Burney, mm-hmm. one of my favorite books. And many of the prayers found in that book I do. I've written into my own prayer book. And I do before I see the client and after I see the client. And, you know, for days after. Uh, well, Christine, I'm, I'm not familiar with what the Violet Flame is. What, what the Violet violet Flame, sorry. I'm, <laughs> make it sound like an alternative rock band. Uh, I'm not exactly familiar with what it is. Could you uh, describe for the listeners what exactly it is? That's a, Actually, that's an awesome name for a rock band. It? it would be, yeah. I'm already thinking of, like, what some of their hit songs could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, viol- the Violet Flame, the way that I... I, it, the way that I look at it is basically the essence of God, but I don't think that that's the way everyone else looks at it. Um, when I talk about the violet flame, I'm asking for the violet flame from God. That's how I do it. And if you think about alchemy, uh, I'm going to get a lot of emails tonight, mm-hmm. um, it, to change. What I ask for most specifically is to change the negative, any, any negative energy around me into positive energy so i'm not just asking for a negative entity or energy to leave i'm saying okay dear god father however we believe that's how i do it however anyone else wants to do is their 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 business or problem um to change what's around me and show me how to change it show me what i need to do to change the negative into positive because through my life that is what i've been taught to take the negative and the darkness and to change it into something, not for me, but to have it change into something that's light and of the light or of the positive. Whether or not, it's probably the the one prayer that I have said is, Dear God, St. Germain, my angels and archangels, please help me to change the negative energy into positive energy, that's probably the one prayer that I have said in my whole entire life that has made things just, like, leave, like, run. 
the other way because I don't think I don't think it's really proper for me as a human being to attack an entity or an energy. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. To judge mm-hmm. another entity or energy, not knowing. I don't really know anything. I don't know enough to do that. So none of us do. <laughs> it's what I said. None of us do. We don't know till yeah. we get there. Yeah. So just to call down God is basically what I'm saying. But the the violet flame is something that will transmute or change, alter the form of what is around that's negative into positive. That's basically what it is. Or darkness into light is a better uh, better way to put it. So, Christine, do you you said that you get a lot of emails, um, some negative, obviously some positive. Do you feel like um, you may deter people from getting readings from you because of your backstory and how much you put it out there, even though, um, you know, we see it as a, a brave struggle and, you know, you've yeah. come out wonderfully. But um, do you think that it, it does scare some people to come to you for readings? Yes, it does. It does. But, you know, I mean, I don't tell them my story the first time I meet them. Mm-hmm. Most people who find me find me on a, a, a outside a website that's not my own website. I'm listed on another person's okay. website as a, a, a service, and um, they find me there. But I don't, I don't meet with people who have any type of issue demonically or spiritually, like in a demonic nature. Mm-hmm. I usually will refer people. But I actually find out that there, there are some people who are concerned with it, but most people are not afraid. Most people are not afraid of what I've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, the feedback that I've gotten over the years is that people find that um, it helps them to know that I have been through it, and they feel it gives them more confidence in me as a reader. That's, That's very good. feedback that I've gotten. See, I think the fear should be more on, on your end than on their end. I mean, yeah, they could be afraid of, you know, if they happen to hear this show or another show and they know what your background is, you know, they could be afraid that you could be bringing something uh, to the table when you meet with them or when you give them a reading. But I, I would think that you would have to be more afraid that whatever they might have attached to them or what they might have, you know, uh, forcing their, its way into their life might decide to target you. I, I don't feel that I have anything attached to me at this point, not in the way that I did. Um, other people have had things that have been attached, um, and that has happened to me. But, um, again, it's, it's, you know what, it's a question of faith. It's a question of, um, of just trusting, really, you know, and it's... it's and, and you mentioned it. faith, though, but it, it seems like, uh, and you mentioned, you know, experiencing different types of religions uh, in, in your 20s, but it seems like you've built, uh, you know, you've built your faith, you've built your uh, system of belief kind of independently of some of these organized religions. Do you feel like that mm-hmm. gives you uh, a little bit more of a, of a ground base to be able to, to keep these things from coming back into your life? You know, knowing that it may not be the formal doctrine of the Roman Catholic Church, for example, of, of how you view this, but you know that it works for you, and it seems to work at holding these things at bay. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that happened in my life is I decided that, um, and this is one of the hardest things that I had to do, is to understand that things were happening for a reason. And there's nothing worse than going through that. There's nothing worse than having something foreign, and, and not only foreign, but evil, with a very, very evil intent inside you, whether it's intermittent 
it probably was worse because it was intermittent. If it was full, I might not have even known it, you know? But to know now that these things happen for a reason, and when something happens, I can say, okay, show me why this is happening. Show me what I need to do. Show me what I need to learn. Show me what I need to change in my life so that this can be an experience of growth instead of just an, an experience of fear and, and um, uh, freezing me from, from going forward, which it did for so many years. So to start to see it, not to see the demonic as a positive thing, but to see what the higher powers, the more positive energies God can do in spite of those powers is where I'm trying to be. I don't believe that anyone comes to me by a mistake. I don't believe that. I, I believe every person that comes to me, literally every person that comes to me, tells me that they felt very, very drawn to me. So, I mean, if, if I ever thought like that, I mean, every single one of us can have spirits around us. If we all felt like we were sharing spirits, it would be, um, I don't think anybody would get anything done. Mm. Well, we are talking with uh, psychic medium, Christine Corda, and if you have any questions for her, you can give us a call. We have about six minutes remaining in the program, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420, via Twitter, at SpookySC, and also via email, SpookyCrew, at SpookySouthCoast.com. And one of the things uh, I'm sure that when you're, you're dealing with you know booking guests for your radio show, Kiss Me, I'm Psychic Radio, when you're trying to look through the guests, uh, are you looking for people that have had similar experiences to yours? Do you talk with a lot of people like you know Bill Bean, people who have gone through these negative hauntings? Or do you try to avoid touching on that subject at all uh, and, and delving back into those waters? No, I, have, I am open to any guest. Um, the only guest that I will not tolerate is anybody who bashes any other group of people. Um, it's a good rule. You know, I, I can't prove anything that happened to me. Uh, you know, so no, I don't No, If someone's an interesting guest, um, I never, ever base um, having them or not having them on their religion or what they've gone through. But you wouldn't be afraid either of bringing somebody on that has had something around them uh, the same way that you might shy away from giving a reading to somebody that might have something attached to them. You know, you. Oh, no, no. I give readings to people who have things attached to them. I just don't try. I don't go and try to, like, cleanse, like, cast anything out of a house or mm-hmm. cast anything out of a spirit. I mean, out of a person, a spirit out of a person. I don't go into that to that extent. I would usually call Keith and Sandra in, in, in near, but... Um, Somebody who has a reading with me, what I read them for is not is mostly energetic. If if there's energy interruptions or energy blockages or something like that. Mm-hmm. But if if somebody is, uh, you know, on the other end of a reading, be it in person or or be it uh, over the phone or through Skype, and and you're getting the sense that they have something demonic attached to them, you'll kind of just say, "Hold up, let me refer you to yep. Keith and Sandra." Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty. That's the same thing that I do. <laughs> if anybody starts, yeah. when this, you give readings, Tim. No, I don't give readings. But whenever <laughs> anybody contacts me about a haunting, and they're like, you know, I think we need help, and I'll, I'll ask them some some questions. And if it seems like it might be going down that route, I'll be like, let me give you the email of somebody that can help you, and I'll give yeah. them, you know, Keith and Sandra's email because um, I just I won't deal with anything in that realm because I don't know what I believe, so I don't feel strong enough to be able to uh, yeah. kind of go up against it. But uh, for that's some, good that you do that. well, but someone like yourself who's been able to go up against it and 
come out on the other side and and have it have what could be a negative turn into such a positive you know that is inspirational for a lot of people too uh and and the fact that you you know, a lot of times you, you see people who have gone through that who decide that they want to fight back. You know, they feel like they've they've had something taken from them and they want to fight back and they want to attack. And I think it's very wise what you're saying, how, you know, you, you don't attack because you don't know. And, and who are you to decide, you know, who deserves to go after and who who not? And also I have two children that I really right, have to – they have to be put first before anything. Maybe I could be a good exorcist. I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to – I'm not going to put that out there. But I'm not going to do that just because of the fact that I have two children that I don't want anything to happen like that. Because even though I might be strong enough to deal with situations, the people around me might not be. You know, and some people who do exorcisms need to be gifted. They need to have that strength. They need to have training. And I just don't have that. Experience does not mean, you know, that I have the right to be doing that with people. I, I would never, God forbid, I ever hurt somebody. I've been too hurt. So I just, oh, God, I would never want to hurt anybody in, in that way. Well, uh, we have about a minute left here, so uh, let everybody know when they can listen to Kiss Me, I'm Psychic. Kiss Me, I'm Psychic is on Blog Talk Radio, and you can go over and see the schedule, uh, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Kiss Me, I'm Psychic. And Thursdays, I was ushered in on a bell. <laughs> that was just my computer firing off. <laughs> and uh, and also, uh, if people want to get in touch with you, they can go to your website, christinecorda.net, if they want to book a reading with you. Uh, again, you can do it. You do some in person. You do some over Skype. So there's all different kinds of ways that people can get in touch with you and, and really get, get that one-on-one experience. Yes. And uh, we want to thank you. I mean, I'm I'm not psychic myself, but I can tell that we'll have you back on somewhere down the line <laughs> to talk more about this. And, and next time we have you on, we can get into a little bit of those readings. But I never want to have somebody come on who has gifts such as yourself and just open things up and say, okay, now let's do readings. I'm, I'm fascinated with finding out about the person and finding out about the story behind them. So thank you so much I, for sharing all that with us. Thank you so much, and have a great night. You as well. We'll talk again real soon. That is Christine Corda. Again, her website, christinecorda.net. It is linked up to the main page of SpookySouthCoast.com. That about does it for this week's show. Next week, we're going to be talking about the Hockamock Swamp, Ooh. a new book that's out that talks all about the history of the Hockamock Swamp, going all the way back to the geological beginnings of it and how it all ties together to why it is so dark and mysterious today. So stay tuned for that. Next Saturday night, we'll be here right at 10 o'clock, uh, and we'll have a, a full program because the Red Sox are on earlier in the day in, in the Ruins did us a favor uh, by not taking over any more Saturday night. So until next week, for Matt Costa, for Matt Moniz, for Stephanie Burke, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular.